This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. As I slam in the back of my drag you love. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Revenge of the 90s. I would assume you know what I'm what movie we're about to do based on my beautiful rendition of Rob Zombie's Dragula. But if you somehow don't, <laughs> we are doing another movie in our Wet Hot Keanu Summer Canon. We are covering today 1999's. The Matrix. Let's go. I am Steve. With me as always is Fabs. We've been, we've had big Matrix boners for a while. And today we're going to relieve them uh, by talking yes. about one of our favorites. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's that lady in the red dress, man. Or it no, is. you know what? I actually, okay, wait. I never had a thing for the lady in the red dress. I got a thing for Trinity in that, in that leather. I really do. Oh, yeah. yeah she was like, looking fine. she was one of my first crushes so the matrix came out when i was like 11 so i'm writing i'm getting right into that height of puberty and like you throw carrie ann moss in some leather <laughs> kicking some ass forget about it i mean oh yeah it's over it's over yeah. all the dematio towels would just never be the same <laughs> i the crustiest white socks you've ever you've ever yes. seen that's Oh, this is disgusting. This is a horrible start to this episode. <laughs> I love it. You just it. heard the crunch of Steve walking to the mailbox every day. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Although, it gets it gets hotter and crazier in the second one when, uh, remember when oh, yeah. uh, Neo and Trinity are banging at that crazy, sweaty Zion party? No, oh, I remember watching that in theaters with my parents. I do remember that very well. <laughs> oh, no. Because it goes on forever. <laughs> it's very extended. Yes. 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 Quite a sequence. So we won't be speaking about sex uh, or uh, masturbating <laughs> the Matrix uh, anymore in this episode, most likely. Uh, so that's out of the way. What we are going to talk about is the fact that this is like, again, after my like 200th viewing of this, it once again just confirms that this is just like simply one of the best movies ever. Right? I mean, is it, it's, it's like, yeah. that's not even a... It's one of the best movies ever made. It's one of the most influential movies ever made. The Matrix, sequels aside, it just kicks so much ass. Yeah, so we... If you listen to our um, Goodfellas episode, I'm going to relate these two in a second. If you listen to that one, 
Dino Tripodis was on. Uh, thank you again for coming on. We talked about movies like Goodfellas, The Godfather, that it just seems like based on the amount of stuff that comes out, obviously we're in a, you know, a great era for content. There's so much stuff out there. But every once in a while you get a movie where you're just like, how, how is this possibly made? Like, it, this doesn't this doesn't gel with like the movies I've seen the last five years. Like how is this is so much better than anything I've seen before this? And The Matrix is one of those. As if it was like God created it. Everyone got their flashy thing. Everyone involved got flashy thing. Was told by you know like this studio like you were part of this movie. Here's how that process went. And then they had the end result. Like it doesn't yeah. make sense how this film was made. And I mean, because the movie started being made in like 96, 97. And just think about like technology wise, like what was coming out. Like, obviously, you had, you know, some great uh, uh, FX with like Terminator 2, like earlier in the decade. Uh, but this is just like so above and beyond anything that had come before it and anything that would come after it for probably a decade. Like, everything tried to copy The Matrix and just did like a slightly or shitty, a slightly shittier job than The Matrix. Yeah. So, this movie, yeah, this movie's an anomaly. Every time, I also like forget about how how great it is and how how much I appreciate it because I think it's it became also a like bro movie hall of fame, mm-hmm. uh, Mount Rushmore where movie posters I'm sure were in every college dorm. Uh, it's all like people talked about. Um, well, it became a meme. So it, like there was a lot did. of like it became the, a meme. the Morpheus was a meme, and and people talk about being red pilled yeah. now. I know, yeah. Ivanka Trump was just talking about that, like, and so like it, it, it sucks because it dilutes. Like when you go then and just watch it, you're like, oh, th- it's awesome though. It's it's so cool because yeah. you're left with that like magic stone. You're like, oh, okay, no, this was legitimately great. This wasn't something that was like in the pop culture sphere for like five to eight years, and then I I think it's great. It's this movie's legitimately still so freaking fantastic on so many levels that I'm very excited to talk about. But yeah. yeah, this this was just a treat to go back and watch because it just reaffirmed. I didn't watch it in a couple of years. Well, no, I watched a couple of weeks ago because I knew we were doing it. But then like I always watch it like the day before. And then, so a couple of weeks ago when I watched it, I was like, oh yes, okay, like this movie is still so good. It still holds up so well. Somehow 22 years later, like mm-hmm. I feel so old watching this movie. Yeah, uh, and I think too... I think sometimes the sort of legacy of the matrix gets sort of like caught up in the fact that the sequels were like (laughs) relatively shitty by any, by any measure. It's like, there's some cool, like technical stuff and and some cool sequences in the the sequel. I enjoyed the second one. I could follow the plot. I was like pretty confused in the third movie. I, you'll never be able to convince. I, I, no one could ever convince me of what the plot (laughs) of like the third one was. And even the second one, it was like, I was on pretty shaky ground for the most part throughout most of that movie. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, <laughs> aside from the freeway sequence and like the 12 minute bang session that you get to watch, I don't really know much of what the hell's going on in the second one either. Like it's so far from, cause what's cool about the first one is that in this, in this first movie, as high a concept as it is, as crazy as it is, it's still pretty grounded. Like it's still a story where you're like, okay, I can understand where this is going. There's some lofty concepts, but like, I get it. It, then it just goes so far off the fucking rails by this. And it turns into like a cartoon where it's like, 
hey, you want to watch him fight 200 Agent Smiths? And it's like, wouldn't that be wacky? Like, no, that sort of defeats good. everything about how uh, menacing the Smith character was. But okay. So I think there's that. But then also, like you said, it was like, and we'll get into this is you, you know, when you, when you, when a movie becomes so influential that like so many movies take the concept and like the, the art of it, um, you know, the, you, you forget how groundbreaking some of it was. And it's like with the matrix, it was like how, I mean, if you tried to count how many movies have now done that, you know, jump in the air and then the stop motion, like turn of the camera. They all did it right after that. Yep. They, they, years and years later, there were still people trying to, I mean, Space Jam, the new Space Jam just made a freaking Matrix joke (laughs) with the granny where she jumps in the air and does the goddamn Matrix thing. So what's crazy about, uh, you know, that particular, you were talking about like this movie being made in 96 or started in 96, 97. Like the fact that they went into filming this movie and like the script just mentions like liquid space. So there's no real explanation for bullet time or anything like that. There's no, it's just like, oh, we'll figure it, figure it out when it's done. And that was a sequence that took two years. The first one that happens where he's on the rooftop, uh, it took two years yeah. to make. It took it had 120 still cameras along with the motion cameras, and it cost. Oh, I remember, yeah, the green screen. Yeah, the green screen where it's like on a like kind of like a curve, and then yeah, it costs like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. So I just think it's incredible to, and and I don't think honestly the Matrix gets enough credit for just like the Wachowskis just inventing something like that, just just inventing right. a new way of 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 filming an action sequence. Like, I don't think that enough people understand how incredible and groundbreaking that that was and, like, continues to still be. Like, that's still one of the most, like, innovative, incredible things. I think, like, you know, since then, I think action movies, especially with John Wick in the last couple of years, there's been more of, like, an art mentality taken to action. Where Yeah, you it's almost of, like, like a ballet. Yes, and I think people are taking a stronger like view on like choreography and and the lighting and like and sequences and like like you said like that ballet like the artistry of it. But in the last couple of decades, I mean, it really starts with like the Matrix in a way where yeah, there's that that you know attention paid to that. Um, and uh, God, yeah, it's just. Uh, it's still amazing to watch and like putting it in that context of um, every time I watch the matrix, I try to like envision it as if I'm watching it for the first time. And, and I do like, I immediately get sucked into that and I don't even think about anything else, any of the other sequels or whatever. I just think like how great a movie, like just the matrix on it uh, on its own actually is not that anyone's like disputing that, but you know, yeah, I think I think for the most part, a lot of people, especially when um, the movie came out, like our generation are very good at remembering like how uniquely special the Matrix is. And I I think the fact that there's sequels doesn't dilute it at all. 
But I think maybe like younger people are like, oh, there's three of them. I'm not even going to bother with it. And say, no, watch the first one at least. Like, and, and what's interesting about, and this should be something that, you know, studios, uh, I would hope they would look at this stuff, but they, they I'm sure they don't because they keep making mistakes. But like, like you had said with your first point was the, while there were these like lofty themes presented in the matrix and they uh, did all this great world building, they kept, you know, the main objectives very simple, very grounded. Uh, John Wick does the same. John Wick 2 does the same. But then Matrix 2 does not. I, I think a, another right. good comparison to the Matrix is actually Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's just like this unexpected hit where like the first one is like very, spe- okay, there's this piece of gold. We need to get this back to this treasure chest. That's super simple. And Jack mm-hmm. wants his ship back. Like that's, you know what every, every character, what their objectives are. And all the, the Black Pearl pirates, they want to get all the gold back so then they're brought back to life. Cool. Mm-hmm. I know all three different, you know, all three of our groups, I know exactly what they're all trying to achieve. And the second one, oh my God, like, I, I, I have no idea. There's the octopus guy. There's the heart of the ocean. I don't, they added so much complicated shit because they're like, mm-hmm. how can we make it bigger and, and crazier and like have these big sequences? And like, no, like the Matrix was awesome for a huge variety of reasons. It wasn't just like big, crazy special effects. It was also a really cool story and really unique themes and people that resonated with a lot of people. And so I think yeah. that was one of the keys to its, to its uh, success. That was like, pretty missed but i mean the wachowskis were like they worked on all three of them so like they had a i don't think the studio got super involved with like changing the the storylines and stuff like no, that No, they but. the studio from what I, i've been reading so i don't know if you've ever read the book but I've, I've been reading best movie year ever uh by brian raftery so it's basically a book about just the year 1999 in film and I mean, Jesus Christ, what a year <laughs> to have been a movie fan. I was only, like I said, 11. So, like, I didn't really get to partake too much in, right. like, what 99 was uh, from, like, a cultural landmark standpoint. But the thing about, so the thing about Warner Brothers that's really cool is that, I mean, their reputation typically as a studio is that they're pretty hands-off. Yeah. Um, I think when when The Matrix was, well, I mean, you were an employee, but I was yeah. the thing with the matrix was that they essentially they filmed it in australia and just like nobody ever they just like they were so far from the studio that just it never came up that warner brothers would like give them notes or anything they're just it just they they literally got to make the movie that they wanted and the original script was essentially like three movies so they broke it out into three films but just in terms of like giving the Wachowski $63 million to just make the movie they want. And then also like having enough faith in them to say, Oh, you have this like random idea for some sequences, but like, it's not really explained and like, it's never been done before, but like, okay, go ahead. It's, you know, and, and like the casting is pretty, I mean, as a studio, you look at it as a concern because you're like Keanu Reeves, like, at that time, it's like, has his time passed? And then... Right, exactly. Carrie Ann Moss and, like, Lawrence Fishburne are not... I would say, like, they weren't, like, 
you know, the biggest household names, let alone household names for like an action franchise. So there's a lot of stuff going on where you're like, and then like Hugo Weaving's your, your villain. And it's just like, it's this whole interesting cast of characters where it's people, you know, but never really would have expected in like this type of role, except maybe counter Reeves, but even, but in hindsight, that's easy to say, but this is like, I think you said at the beginning, just like a beautiful moment in movie history where like all the stars aligned and it became what it is. And like, I don't know if I'd say that's like rare today, maybe, but like, there's not a lot of space for these types of movies to exist. That's the problem. Is that like, Oh, okay, great. Like we're getting a matrix four, but like, I want to know what the next matrix is going to be. Like, will we look back and say it was like John wick, you know, I don't know. You know, but it's it's interesting to think about it from like that standpoint of just like, I don't even know if like a movie like this gets made today, to be honest, like your, your point about, but your point about like this, this movie would have won best picture like a couple years later, had it been released totally is valid though. I I totally agree. Yeah. I changed. Yeah. Everything kind of changed of how we, because the nineties was like such prestige drama decade for uh, award, like uh, movies that would be recognized. Uh, and then, you know, in the early 2000s, that really starts to shift and change. Um, and yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this might get made into a miniseries today. A kind of a, a Westworld or something like that. It oh, would be yeah. hard. Or it would have to be like a wholly independent, done for like a micro budget, done for like a 15 to 25 million with like a lot of like great. Uh, effects work and we, they're just like oh my god let's give them a big budget let's give them a superhero movie and see what they can do next and mm-hmm. they wouldn't build they, chances are they wouldn't build out what would happen is like they would make the matrix for like 20 million dollars and it would go on to gross like half a billion but then they wouldn't yeah. get to make the matrix two first they'd have to make like some marvel movie or some yeah, right, DC exactly. movie Yep, and then it's like okay, in two years, three years, you can then start working on Matrix Two. So we would get it, but it would probably take a while to to get it. So, but it would it would be hard. This would, yeah, this doesn't really happen very often where it's just, uh, uh, you know, not super well known entities that have, you know, uh, proven and made a bunch of uh, blockbusters. They're usually not just given a bunch of money and like sent off to the far far ends of earth and be like, whatever. Just like, let us know yeah. when it's done. Like, that'd be <laughs> yeah, cool. Give us like, that final cut. <laughs> yeah. Let us like send I, us, send us the DVD. We'll see you at the premiere. Yeah. This is also, I would say over the last couple of decades, one of the few original ideas that spawned a franchise because yeah. most things are, you know, adapted these days you know, IPs that are safe and recognizable. But the Matrix is like, and I know we keep saying, talking about John Wick and that's not one of them as well, but like the Matrix is like one of the few recent mega franchises that was like solely just some, just somebody's vision. And, yeah. and, it be, and it was an original idea. So like to that extent, I'm pumped that we're getting a fourth one, though it kind of sucks that like my enthusiasm for it is just sort of like whatever based on the fact that the last two were like, I, I, I've never liked them. So it's like hard for me to get super jazzed. But although I did see Trinity 
and Neo on a bike on set filming. And I, I did get a little jacked up about it. I hope that's like actual footage and, and it's become a like a Wes Anderson type world. Like it's not this like weird futuristic. It's like they're just on like a unicycle. <laughs> the Matrix. Yeah, the yeah, Matrix is now like just this, uh, a Wes Anderson world. <laughs> this weird, yeah, there's weird like claymation foxes running around. You're like, what's yeah. happening? Like, why? why like, is this is movie? how we keep the humans happy. This is what they yes. want. <laughs> All right, so getting so, let's get we'll get into the let's, let's get into the Matrix. Let's do it. So, so right. So the plot, you know, for anybody who somehow doesn't know for the Matrix, although it is pretty like convoluted, I would still say, even though it's as grounded as possible. Neo is a uh, hacker in what he, you know, what you think is like the real, real world. And he gets, you know, you get the sense that he's like, maybe not, you know, built for this world. Some, he knows he doesn't fit in or as Trinity would say, you know, something's not right. Something's wrong. And, you know, eventually he gets recruited by Trinity and Morpheus who believes he is the one. And, Mm -hmm. You know, basically the whole first hour of the movie is trying to like guide you into this like understanding of what the matrix is. So basically, the reality as we know it is not real. It's a computer simulation created by machines that won a future war against humanity and now harvest humans for their power source. And in order to keep them alive and happy, literally created the matrix which is like the world that we think we know that way we're all just kept nice and happy and they can like harvest our energy and just like you know run the world in the year 2199 i had a pretty question about that yes okay so like so at this point we're so far removed from like you know like late 90s Late, late 19, you're talking about 200 years into the future. Like, it, there's a small resistance that's, like, aware of what's going on. But mm-hmm. why are they even, like, simulating the Matrix? Like, is, like, what, what happens if they don't? Like, I don't under, like, if the, everyone's born, everyone is born in these, like, bat, these sacks and they're just fed, yeah. you know, the dead. Like, why do they even need to have the Matrix as a simulation to begin with? Like, can you just, like, run nothingness and then you're just like sitting there in a sack and then they're going to just it sure it sure as hell seems like humanity's pretty much on its last legs anyway and like all you'd have to do and it seems like they're just enslaving them anyway because humanity morpheus makes the point that like the humans thought that by blocking out the sun it would stop the machines based on you know on the fact they need like solar power and so it, humanity in its infinite wisdom literally destroyed the world on its own by like blocking yes. out the sun. And then they got, they, they had their like, the resistance has to exist underground near the core of the earth uh, yes. because that's the only place where it's warm. So humanity isn't doing all that well anyway. So yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I guess I would say this is like the machines are so advanced, these AI that like, it probably was just like the easiest and even easy, like that's their form of the enslavement. So, you know, the way that okay. like we would view it would, you know, you know what I mean? Like the way that we have view and oppress and oppress would be different than like how these machines would. And the machines would view it this way where it's like, well, just put them in some simulation. So they, 
they oh, don't even they don't even know the real story. Right. And that's like I guess that's cool because it's it's another, the whole um uh fight club, you know, ideology too of like you like going to your nine to five and just being stuck at a job you don't care about. Like that's its own form of enslavement. And so like by putting people in that, that's like, that's a normal reality. But like those mm-hmm. machines are like, oh, they're enslaved. Like they're not going to, they're going to be so like in their own worlds. They're not going to ever think to question anything around them. So like that, okay, that, that makes that sense. That was such I a late, that. yeah, that's such a late nineties thing too, because yes. you have yes. like this office space fight club, like, like there was nothing worse to anybody in they're the working 90s. In an office job. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, than working yes. at a, a desk. <laughs> so, um, this and, and it, you know, at the turn of the century, that was you know the the idea of you know technology expanding and the thought of the future and Y two K and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this movie came out on my birthday, actually, March thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. So very cool. You know, that whole year there was that anxiety over you know what's the future going to look like and stuff like that, and. Uh, so there's there's <laughs> all so sorts. Funny. Of, we were worried about that. Like when it's gonna, dude, when it turns midnight, like what's going to happen? Everything's going to be zero, and the machines are going to shut down, and then we're going to be sent back to the Stone Age. The banks will close, and like nothing will work. That's that that has like we don't talk enough about <laughs> the stupidity of like Y2K. how fucking dumb people like people who freaked out about Y two K. Like I know there was the whole like legitimate like freak out of like the glitch with like the banking like some software because of like how they had set it up back in like the like 1900s but like other than that people were like the earth is just gonna blow up it's like well like when (laughs) we'll we'll wait till like the west coast or like hawaii like is it gonna do like the is it gonna do australia when the clock strikes midnight there like when is it gonna choose to blow up yeah right right no i know i I love going back and seeing kind of like the the dread that people had. It's like, man, I wish it was that simple again. Like, I, I wish that like you. I wish that like things were so good that we had to just invent like something yeah. like that, where it was like yes. there aren't all these real real world uh, horrors that await us. That we just had to like invent some like cool cool boogeyman to like just just you know pass the time. <laughs> so and it's a four digit number. Nice. Oh my god. So, yeah, so uh, here's a question then, because Morpheus, you know, gives Neo the choice. Uh, blue pill, you you stay in your dream world, you know, you stay in what's the matrix, um, or the red pill you take, and we see how far the rabbit hole goes. And yes, I'll show you what the, re- the real world is and, 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 you know, what's really going on. So, you know, I... Okay, so I'll ask you this question then too, because it's a kind of a two part. Then is Cipher played by Joe Pantoliano, which I absolutely love that he's in this, and I love that yes they made him get in like baller shape for this movie when he doesn't have to do anything Dude, he is remotely fit in this at, movie. Yeah, nothing like, physical for no reason. Doesn't need to be. He's just is. But I, I gotta say, I find myself they paint him as the villain. But Cypher, who turns on the entire group and and only turns on the group because he wants to go and be inserted back into the dream world matrix with right, no knowledge he can't of get back into yeah right 
I got to tell you, aside from basically trying to get Morpheus killed, I really got to, I got to side with Cypher on a lot of this, on a lot of his points. And my question to you is, if you had taken the red pill, like how pissed would you be at Morpheus? Like when you, yeah, yeah, like when he shows you the real world. Okay. So like, I would want, I would definitely want to take the red pill. Like, I think that would be important. Of course, the curiosity. Like, like, yeah, curiosity. It's just like, okay, cool. Like, let's see what happens. I think I would start getting pissed. Like, I would think it was super cool, like, as I'm learning Kung Fu at, like, rapid speed. Like, as I'm doing these simulations. I would start thinking it was, like, way less cool. Like, you know, once I meet with the Oracle and she's like, you're not the one. Once I start getting a sense from, like, the entire crew that, like, Morpheus might have used, like, you're the one like speech to pump them up to, I'd be like, is he just like, like using this fucking line on everybody just to like, get me to sign up and like be part of this like shitty spaceship. Like, yeah, right. You would be thinking that you'd start having those doubts and like thinking that to yourself when like, you're trying to take a shit on the Nebuchadnezzar and there's like, there, there's no even concept of toilet paper anymore. Yes. And you're just As like, he, and you're eating like white goop. Yeah, and you're when wearing Mouse like gives me like clothes. white slop, I'd be like, "What? Like, th- are you kidding me? Like, this is what, what I gotta eat every wait. day." Like, what about those? Like, what about those noodles that I said were really good in the Matrix? And th- and they're like, "Well, those that wasn't even real. Like, you didn't even know what you know. Th- that might not even be what noodles really taste like." But it's like I don't give a shit. Like, they were good. Yeah, like, they were the good. version I, of me in the Matrix thought they were good. So yeah, like my like, my thing is like yeah. <laughs> My thing is Morpheus sells everybody on this bill of goods that, you know, oh, you're free. You're free, man. Uh, Now you're not oppressed. But it's like, I got to tell you, the freedom that you describe sure as hell doesn't seem all that free. And the world that you're bringing me into seems like we all lost. Like, I would rather, like, this is the apocalypse. This is the end of the world. Like, the, the machines won. So, like, why not? Just live out my days in like what appears to be like a pretty nice existence as opposed to being like inserted into this horrifying reality where like there are sentient robots that have like lasers that are going to kill me. Yes. There's I, I wear shit stained clothing. I eat garbage food. You know, I, I have all these like goddamn holes in me that like these plugs are going into um, I very easily could get killed in the matrix now. Like agents are actively looking for me and will kill me at the drop of a hat and I'll die yes. there like in a painful death. Like nothing about what Morpheus does like is, is appealing. And like, it's completely understandable that somebody like Cypher would be like, fuck this shit. Send me back. Like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like how are there? I would have figured there'd be like so many more mutinies. From people oh my god, yes. Who got unplugged. Yeah. yeah, this isn't even like a... I would... The road is like paradise compared to this apocalypse. Like, at yes. least in the road, you can like go out. Like, there are cannibals that are trying to eat you, granted. But like, you can still walk around outside occasionally in the quiet place. If you're quiet, you can walk around outside a little bit. You can't go outside because of the weather. There are 
there are machines that are literally just feasting on like goopy people in pods. Like this is horrible. I, I agree. Like Cypher, I mean, yes, he like legitimately like killed people, like everybody in his crew. Uh, so that's not like cool, but at the heart of it, like it makes total sense. And it appears he's been with that crew for a long time. Yes. Like a while. Cause he talked about how long he's like loved Trinity and longed for and stuff like that. So, so like, I think he gave it a, like, at least a fair shake. It wasn't like, you know, a weekend. So I do like, like your point. This. I do like your point that he is cypher is very clearly a disgruntled employee. Oh my God. And nobody yes. seems to care <laughs> where it's like, there's some pretty high stakes here. I don't know if I like trust cypher. <laughs> Like just on like, like it's very clear Neo doesn't. So like, how does nobody else yeah, like see it, it? They're all living together. Like they're around each other every single day. Also like, and like, just, and like, you know, to what ends? Like the goals here are what? That we're searching for, you know, the one. Okay. It's like, okay, we're searching for this like mystical being that's going to, destroy the matrix and it's like okay like let's say the matrix even gets and and obviously not thinking about the sequels because you know whatever but like it's like okay great so like he's gonna destroy the matrix fucking then what like what do you what would happen then that now i gotta fight some war with these robots fuck that i I'm just no i'm good like uh oh i can Oh, I can do some kung fu and like I can like leap in the air a little bit and shoot a bunch of guns. That's I, no thanks. I don't need to be able to do that. Like I, I'll just like go work my desk job and and like send me back. Just send me the fuck back. Like like right now, are you and I in the Matrix? And if so, it's not so bad. We're recording a podcast. Uh, yeah. we got families, you know, it's not so bad. Do you, like, do you think right now if you and I took the red pills, like we, we'd get sent to some like hellscape of a, of a reality and it'd be, and like immediately we, I, I would regret it within like five seconds. I'd be like, wait. Oh yeah. I would definitely not do it now. I would do it if I was like Neo. Like, I don't need to know, like I have a family, like I don't want to know that they're just like a computer simulation and. Like, they, like no one's actually ever loved me. Like all the people in my life who care about me <laughs> yeah, are right. just like are lines of code. Like that's a bummer. Like no thanks. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I'll just take the ignorance, please. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, I don't know how Morpheus convinced. I don't know how Morpheus convinces these people to stay when they're not the one. Where it's like, hey, yeah, you're just gonna be the mechanic. Like you're 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 just gonna. Uh, we're gonna work call on, you. Like, we're going to call you mouse and just like shit on you all the time. Yeah, Sweet. right. Exactly. Thanks. <laughs> You're telling like how much worse was your life in the matrix? <laughs> so I don't know. I've always like thought that about Cypher and maybe that's like, maybe that's like part of it. I wonder, I don't know um, if that, if that was ever a conscious choice to be like, to try and make you see it from like Cypher's point of view and to like, Maybe if not side with him, at least like understand where he's coming from. And like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that, if that's really, you know, cause really it's trying to, it, I think the movie certainly sides with like Morpheus and Neo and them in terms of like, you know, you, you know, break free from your, your chains basically. 
and uh oh absolutely you know i oh because it, it just tries to answer the question of like how do you know what what you think is real is actually real and like in terms of just like trying to answer that philosophical thought i think this movie is like pretty incredible for for just trying to like approach it like what if you know um you can make your own decision from there but what if you were only living in a computer simulation then what so yeah. in that regard, it's cool. And I think they do try to like as much as possible, leave it up to like interpretation or at least like make you think about like what we're talking about right now, which is like, well, what would I do? So and then and then also like factoring in making this like a kick ass sci fi action martial arts movie like this is like a 14 genre movie and it's it's, it's got a, it's got everything. It's great. I guess like. I guess the one positive of like being in the real world, you get to be part of something. Like you're part of a resistance to like save actual Earth. Well, you're the probably on like is, a softball team or something in the Matrix. Yeah, that's true. But I guess the positive <laughs> is if you're if you're on the Nebuchadnezzar, you can you can have a bunch of programs created where it's like, I want to like get weird this weekend and like go to like a sure. rave. And bang a bunch. And it's like, cool, I'll create like a computer program for you. But the weird thing with that is like, you're going to be like sprawled out and like rock hard in front of like (laughs) Boulder and like his his brother and like uh, Dozer. Yeah, Dozer and Tank. It's just Dozer and Tank watching over you as you're sitting like there on the chair, just like, uh, like, like silent, slightly but grinding like all of a sudden stuff, your pants like are bulging. <laughs> yeah. So like, I guess that's like hard. You can't just like be like, I'm going to put on the, the headset and like, I'm going to go like into the, into the program for a while. And it's like, okay, Dude, that's the thing. Like, that's actually a question. Like when you, when you jizz in the, uh, like when you bleed in the matrix, you bleed in real life. When you jizz in the matrix. Oh, I'm sure you, you do. in real life. Yeah. It's like a dream. It's like a, yeah. Yeah. It's a wet dream. <laughs> Same as you like piss your pants, uh, shit yourself. Yeah, exactly. exactly yeah, because yes. it's, it's all in your mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would have to be coming up with a bunch of shit like that because like anything would be better than the reality that you're faced with in yeah. the real world. But like, then that just gets to the point of like, well, we're trying to destroy the matrix. So like, you, it's like, it kind of is like de- self-defeating in that like, you probably, you know, it's like, it sure seems like everybody has a pretty good time in the matrix. So once you destroy it, then it would be like, then what, you know, cause that seems to be the escape from the horrible reality. It's like, you know, do I want humanity to be enslaved by an AI? No, but that is also humanity's own doing because we created totally. the AI. So like, Sorry we lost, but, like, I guess this is better than, like, them enslaving us and just, like, making us live in, like, goop pods and, like, not giving us the Matrix. Because they could easily do that, too, like you're saying. Yeah, they could easily just, like, give you no consciousness at all. And, like, you wouldn't even know you were ever born. You might have some sensations, I guess, of, like, life in your weird pod as they're feeding you the remains of like a thousand humans, like also. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, for, I always forget about that, which is like disgusting. It's crazy. Um, pretty, but, pretty insane. The, the sci-fi elements, like the sci-fi elements of this are pretty incredible. They get, 
I think they get like shrouded in the action and stuff, but like there's some pretty like insane stuff. Like when Neo gets born again and he's in like his like goop pod mm-hmm. and he's like uh you know all plugged in and everything, like that's some pretty like incredible body horror that they that they put out there. It is yeah, it's insane. Yeah, when he comes out of that. Um yeah, no, it's it's like it's crazy. So okay, where are we in the plot? So Neo's taken uh he's training he's learning about he's talked with the oracle the oracle has told him like oh you're not actually the one and he's like oh okay well well shit like mm-hmm. and he's told don't tell anybody this um and uh we, we we get to so okay so explain what exactly is their mission then like so what are like he meets with the oracle and then the whole team gets together and they go they're, they're all going in the matrix together now and this is where Cypher's going to betray them at this point. Yes. So, so Cypher's going to betray them. Basically, what they're trying to do is they, they don't seem to have a clear plan other than like they're trying to get Neo to a point where if he's the one, he can take down the Matrix. But they don't make it abundantly clear yet how they would go about doing that. Like, there's no mention of, like, the architect and all that kind of stuff where it's, like, right. it gets deeper and crazier as this, as it goes on. Because a lot of it's, like, him him believing it. And, like, they need him to be in the Matrix to believe it. Because, like, him being on the Nebuchadnezzar, you know, in, like, the actual world, like, he's not he's not being able to push the bounds. Like, he's, he's on Earth. He can't push the bounds like he can in the Matrix. So, like, yeah. that's, that's the problem. That's the... Yeah, the, the Oracle, that's why they're all in the Matrix, is he goes to see the Oracle. Right, yes. Okay, and then then that's where the shit hits the fan, where he sees the deja vu cat, and the only and, and Cypher sells them out and lets them know, lets the agents know their location. So they basically set up a trap where, like, where they're stationed, they, like, brick it all off and everything, then they can, like, kidnap uh, Morpheus after beating the living shit out of him. So... Because he has the codes, or he, so he has a location. He has for the Zion. Zion codes, yes, right, which is like kind of the last underground stronghold of humanity. And when you get to see Zion, that's where that weird, like, freak fest sex orgy happens yeah. in the second movie. <laughs> yeah, the the sweaty <laughs> freak fest. Yeah. Oh, it's great! I got to just staring at my mom while it's happening as a thirteen yeah, and year old. Like, I mean, it's like, like one oh of the most no. sexual like sequences and that shit goes on forever. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah, and then like later in that movie Monica Bellucci is in it and I think that's her name. And yeah. um they like they're like oogling her a bunch too because she's like wearing, you know, so like there's like weird sexual stuff about that. Yeah. And then there's those weird Norwegian twins that keep like Coming in and out of things like with the yes the yes the white suit wearing um, albino twins yes yes uh, which I believe they were albino in real life oh okay cool maybe I don't know I may have made that <laughs> but but yeah so so everybody's in the matrix they get they get uh, you know it's, it's a trap and uh, cipher gets himself out of the matrix first so then that way he's in the real world now and he's able to take control of the Nebuchadnezzar with like a cool laser gun thing. He shoots tank in the back, kills Dozer and then unplugs 
APOC and Switch, who you're like, yeah, whatever. And yes. then he's, you know, I always forget APOC existed, if I'm being real. I know. Switch, I at least know because she's like, super not memorable. Like this, not yes. like this. And then she dies. But like APOC, you're just like, I, you're like, oh, sorry, man. Mouse, too. I always forget he gets killed when he's got like those sweet, like machine, machine guns. guns. Yes. Yeah. I, I always forget that he, he gets it in the Matrix, too. But so, yeah. So, they, you know, basically what happens is Morpheus is kidnapped because they want to get the codes out of him. And Neo and uh, Trinity decide they're going to rescue him. And so basically for like the last like 40 minutes of the movie, it's just balls to the wall action. And you get some of the like craziest like sequences. Um, I mean, the action's incredible. Like the, the choreography and action, like I have always loved like the like, sounds of them hitting each other in this like i've always thought that's like the best movie sound editing oh yeah from, like, they a, do such a like good the job. like whipping yes. sound and the punching like yeah that's incredible the choreography and stunt work is nuts they do the bullet time stuff a lot the moment where neo decides not to run from the agent is incredible i think oh my god yes. i mean the thing is like dude there are very few movies out there that make the villain as menacing and like like dangerous as they do the agents in the first matrix oh my god they're so simple and just so brutal they were they remind me a little bit of like the terminator and and in the sense that they're just like these like almost like unbeatable killing machines but you buy you buy the fact that these characters have to run from them the moment they see them because of how capable uh, the, the agents are and so that moment when neo decides not to run you're like oh shit like let's do this yeah well i just want to point like one thing because we didn't talk about i think one of the most effective things the matrix does it has like the opening 10 minutes is like the ultimate in like as the audience you're like holy shit what is this this is different than anything I've ever experienced or seen. I'm all in. Like, I'm throwing my phone to the front of the theater. I am not going to be distracted. Like, I'm all in on this. Because they introduce you to, well, you start, like, meeting some of, you meet Trinity and you hear Morpheus, uh, but you get to see kind of that uh, Trinity's famous, like, jump in the air, freeze, camera shifts around mid-frozen. So you, you get introduced to that, trick immediately so that's something that's like brand new and you're just like oh my god and then you get to meet the agents so you're like oh who are these three guys like these three agents like oh my god like they are going to be so unbeatable later in this movie and so like right away you meet these like immovable objects and the agents you you get to know like well there's this badass named trinity and she disappeared via phone like what's going on and the the um you know the physics of this world is super different and i'm going to see stuff i've never seen before and that all happens 10 minutes into the movie and yeah. so you're just it's just such a great start but i think like introducing the villains that early on it was so smart and it's it just sets them up because they're just and they're impossible because you find out and you don't know what happens because you that he transports into uh, Trinity is looking for the phone booth so she can like get out of the matrix. 
and this uh, this truck dri- truck drives by. It flips a UE, and all of a sudden it goes toward her. And you see Agent Smith like get out, um, but you don't know at that point that they can transport to any person, any like quote unquote person uh, mm-hmm. in the Matrix. And so like once you learn, so you start learning their tricks too, and you're like it just builds. So it's you. You think you're like, oh, I kind of think I know what's going on, but not really. And then just more, you, you learn more details throughout. And it just, it just keeps layering and it's del- every layer is delicious. Yeah. And again, like it still feels weirdly grounded because you're yes. still telling a story of like, you know, you're, you're, you're Neo in this situation. It's like, you're the newcomer to this world and you have a very clear objective. And even while like some stuff's a little like, more high concept and doesn't make isn't like fully answered in some cases it's still super accessible and i i can follow along and and root for them you know i can root for these people um you know what's great is you know it really feels like the odds are stacked against them i think the problem that really started happening with like the sequels was that like you turn i mean obviously when he's the one and at the end of the first one it, this happens is like he becomes like an unbeatable force. Right. He's Superman. And so, so he's Superman. And it's like, well, what do you, where do you go from there in terms of like, how do you write a character now who like kind of no longer has any flaws and he's your main character? Right. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's, he becomes like Christ-like because he like sacrifices himself at the end of the third one. And he's like blind or something. I, you know, it's yes, just so he's blind at some point. Yes. Yeah, I forgot that he like was blinded. I I don't know. I, I have a. I just wonder if like for this fourth one, they're just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's just pretend almost like it's just a a sequel. I, I wonder how they'll approach it. I wonder I would if they'll love just, if they just like, picked up after the first one. That'd be cool. That would be sweet. I I, I almost wonder if that's gonna be the case. Um, I mean, they should have done the Superman route, where it's like you keep Neo out of the matrix as much as possible in the, like you have, you give him some cool ass kicking at the beginning, but then there's something that happens in the real world in Zion where Neo's on his own like mission where he's like some self discovery and he's not in the matrix like at all. And you have Trinity and Morpheus fighting and trying to kick butt fighting against agents. And so like, it's an actual like, Oh my God, is he going to like get back into the matrix in time? Like what's going to happen? Yeah, And that's, that's where you like, you know, that's where uh, Superman's often his home planet trying to discover his origins. And then like Lois Lane is in trouble on Earth. Like that's that's what they, I think they should have done more of that and less of like a million Agent Smiths just being beat up. Right, by the exactly. Right. Where he's just like, you know, manipulating the Matrix to like insane degrees or like during that f- freeway sequence, he like flies, you know breaking the sound barrier and like saves everybody in that big explosion. And just, it's just, yes. I, like, yeah, he's like, he's like basically a Superman character, but like, then, you know, the stakes are so low because you're like, Oh, I mean, Neo will just, he'll just come in and save everybody. So, um, I, I think even up until this last sequence in this, in the first one, you, you don't know what's going to happen to him. You don't know. And even when he becomes like the, the one at the end where he sees the matrix and all that stuff, as the code that it is, you, you root for him. Like that's the big payoff to be like, Oh, he finally knows, you yes. know? Um, but now it's, but then you, it's almost as if you you've written yourself into a corner. Cause you're like, Oh, well now he's unbeatable. So like, surely he'll take down the matrix. 
how are we supposed to do that over the next like two movies? So exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll sure as hell, I'll sure as hell take ambitious projects like that over retreads and stuff, you know, every day of the week. It's like, it it was a story that Wachowski's wanted to tell. And like when it works, it's like some of the best stuff you'll ever see. And when it doesn't work, it's, it is what it is. It's, you know, at least it looks cool though. When it doesn't work. That's true. Like they had, they had that like going said, for them. That's true. I mean, the action sequences, especially in like reloaded are like pretty friggin' nuts. Like I remember being so pumped for that movie. Yeah. Um, I, I just, and I, I saw both of them in theaters and the third one I was super disappointed in and the fire alarm actually went off in the theater in like the climax of the third movie, like in the final fight. And oh, I was just like, God. and like we couldn't, we weren't allowed to go back in the theater. And I just like never saw the end of the third movie until like 10 years later. <laughs> I was just like, I don't fucking care. So, so you yeah. where I was at on that one. However, I will say for the first one, I got, I think my uncle gave me like a bootleg VHS of this in 99. Okay. Like I was curious I, how you I have a vivid it. yeah I have a vivid vivid memory of him coming to my house and it was like a family function or something and him like handing me the VHS and was like you need to watch this movie and I was like what are you talking about like what's this and I, I like by I I wore out that VHS by the time like DVDs came along I just remember like he cuz he always seemed to have a lot of bootleg VHSs and that was one where he got it somewhere because it was in just like a normal VHS box. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't like the VHS that you buy of the movie. So he gave me that. And I got to tell you the soundtrack for this ended up on like, I had that soundtrack on like hundreds of burn discs, like all of the different like (laughs) songs I found on LimeWire or 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 um Kazaa Kazaa yeah or possibly even Napster and so I totally obliterated my parents computer what a like we have this this is the most dated episode I think we've ever done oh absolutely yeah <laughs> this is like this is like talking we might as well be talking about like the philosophy behind the matrix and like the meaning of life and that would make more sense to people What's right now. They're talking about like huzzah. The technology you're re- you're referring when when this movie came out would have been like referencing stuff from 1977. Oh no! <laughs> oh god, you are correct. Yeah, so that's disgusting. I also saw something that we're closer to like 2050 than we are to like 1990. Kill me. Just yeah, we are. So yeah, we we are. Yeah. We're twenty nine years away from it, and that nineteen ninety is and thirty uh, thirty one. Yep, thirty one years ago. Um, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I so I I yeah I didn't see this. I was twelve when it came out, so like I didn't see this in theaters. Um, but I remember once it kind of it came to uh, came to the video stores. Like we would go almost every week to the video store. Uh, we would do Blockbuster or Family Video. Um, I miss a good trip to the video store. It's, uh, it's oh, a treat. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, my God. I uh, Yeah. But I remember when it came out, and it was at the video store, and it was just like, what is this? Like, this looks super cool. And I I didn't watch it with my at my house. One of my friends 
we had a sleepover uh, in, must have been 2000. Yeah, or late 99. Yeah, I was in like seventh or eighth grade. And one of my friends got at a sleepover and I was just like, what's going on? Like, I was just shocked. Um, and then like shortly after, you know, MTV Movie Awards and all these like things started parrying it. And then I was in high school when the sequel came out. And that's that's one I was just so, because I had watched, uh, Matrix started like, it was on like HBO. I made my, got my own copy of it. Um, I watched it probably a dozen times before the sequel came out. And the Matrix video game came out. And I was just like, this is the coolest. It was my Star Wars, essentially. Like, it was like something that came out with like targeted loosely toward my demographic. And it was just the coolest technology I'd ever seen. Um, That's a good point. That's a really good point. That is a lot. I mean, the payoff isn't as huge in the end, but like, right, right. But, but you are right, dude, in that, you know, we were of an age where it's like we were witnessing something that was like this, like, landmark type of movie it in was, terms yeah. of like thinking about like what you could do you know i in, in movies or or just like made you think about like you know what if you know oh what if this was a simulation and like or, or like everybody wanted to be neo like you mentioned in the notes the lobby scene it's like yes. who didn't as a kid like envision like running up a wall and like doing a flip and like killing a bunch of like. Oh, I remember my brother know? and I doing it on our couches. Once we got the video game, my brother and I going on our couches and like, you know, throwing stuff at each other in like slow motion. And oh, yeah. I, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's like you get those movies though, because Star Wars works on so many levels. And then, you know, the sequels are just so good at the world building. You know, this one, not so much. But it works on so many d- different levels other than it's not just an action movie. It's not just a philosophical movie. It's not just a kung fu movie. It's not just a science fiction movie. It's all these things. It's front of the line technology, awesome performances, great cinematography, really cool costumes, world building. Like that's why it works. And that's why it's so memorable. And yeah, so like I, I unfortunately didn't get to see the first one in theaters, but I do remember going to a friend's house they're, they were like allowed to rent it. And we were just like, we had heard how awesome it was from like the older kids in the school. And then we, we saw it and we're like, oh, this is more yeah. awesome than like we even thought. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is what introduced me to Rage Against the Machine, you know, the end of, oh, nice. uh, of the movie when he flies in the sky. That was where I was like, what's this? Like I said, I did so many, I, I put these songs on so many friggin' CDRs. And, <laughs> Then I then when we were into skateboarding, we would play this music over like our skate videos. So like, oh, nice. there's like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade me doing like barely any tricks, but like to the Matrix soundtrack. So nice, nice. It doesn't we even felt matter. pretty you cool about tricks. It. You just need to be yeah. on your board. Oh yeah, it was like us, you know, skateboarding down our buddy's driveway and stuff. But it was like set to the. I mean, there was I, there was like no occasion where I didn't feel the Matrix soundtrack was appropriate. So. Again, it's like, I think back on it, I'm like, dude, this movie informed so much of my tastes over like a three-year period. Yeah. Where it really dominated how I felt about, you know, movies and, and what I liked and that kind of thing. So it's funny how it so quickly like kind of like ended where I was like, oh yeah, these sequels are not good. 
but I still to the, I mean to this day I'll watch The Matrix like a once every couple years, you know, yep. and and every time feel like I just watch something like unbelievable, like I'm still blown away, like I've never seen it before. Which I'm literally like, right now watching the slow mo bullet scene. Oh, good! I just and, I just ended it. Uh, the movie yeah, just ended, so I just as so I was talking good. about Rage Against the Machine, Neo was flying through the air. So yeah, it's still still so good and still yeah. holds up so well. Um, yeah, and this movie has like I think what's cool about this movie too is like there's so many all the bridges between the big moments are really well done, really interesting the concept of the movie is so interesting and the characters are so interesting. So that stuff's all uh, done so well. Cause you, you, you don't like really ever check out like you, you you're invested. Cause you're like, this is so cool. I've never thought about the world being possibly this, but then you have these giant these set pieces where they're just so memorable. Um, you have, you know, the, that opening sequence we talked about uh, Neo's training where he fights Morpheus and like tries to jump for the first time. Uh, you right. have, I mean, one that's like a little bit more minor is where uh, Neo gets the call from Morpheus in his cubicle and he's like trying to escape the the yeah. agents. You have um, where, you know, they all go into the Matrix for the first time and Cypher betrays them, the, the them rescuing uh, Morpheus, and then the final showdown with, the, with, the, uh, with Agent Smith and then all three agents. So it's just like all these, you know, that's probably 50 minutes of content. And then the rest is like super interesting. Um, great scenes that just hold everything together. But this movie has mm-hmm. so many memorable. It never lets up. It never does. Especially once they're in the matrix as a group, it's pretty much 50 minutes of just like nonstop action. Yeah. I was, I was like looking at the timestamp of the movie and it was like well over an hour before like anything of like, substance action wise happens right like this movie really takes its time totally sort of like helping you along and like getting you to understand it but like i never at any point feel bored by like anything that's happening nope in the movie it's hip too is, it's like it knows how cool it is and the costumes oh yeah. they like know those glasses cool they like the sunglasses that like don't have any like ear anything pieces. else like yeah it, <laughs> it knows how cool it is like right yeah. from like the opening scene and you're yep. just like I should probably get a, a leather duster at Hot Topic. Like I, You're I know right. I live in, I know I live in Phoenix, and it's the middle of the summer. But like, I could wear that places. Yeah, like I think like I could probably go to school in like a completely leather outfit, like a leather top and leather pants, and like gigantic black boots. Like I'm you would pretty never sure be I could. able to sneak around with your leather squeaking and then your crusty cum socks. Everybody would know Demati is <laughs> on his way. <laughs> that's what i was known for what can i yep. say this was i did uh i mean i in that book that i was reading too i didn't really think about this either this movie was under fire a lot at the time because oh, columbine yes so when you'd mentioned dusters i actually yes. thought about that yes the is dusters, that yep. that was part of like part of like the reason like parents got really pissed was because you know, the look of the movie, which I, I can't remember when that, when if this came first or uh, this came out right before Columbine, like literally so, weeks before Columbine. Like, Oh yeah. Days. Like less than a month. You're right. So boy, April 20th, Jesus Christ, Hitler's birthday, Columbine. That is a bad day. So less than a month after 
Columbine happens. And so the matrix, I, and I honestly was, I was never, I was never really aware of that because to be honest, all through like the nineties and early two thousands, there was always some boogeyman that was it, where it was like, it was video oh, this games. is the violent thing. Yeah. It's, it was always video games and then whatever online chat movie rooms, was doom online, doom playing, like all that stuff was always yep. the, and it's not the, we've, we've been talking for a while, so I'm not going to like soapbox gun lobbying in our country, but it's, that's the issue. <laughs> so like, we, like, it's just like, that's the issue. Like end mm-hmm. of sentence, the availability of guns, how easy it is to get illegal guns. Um, the, I, I know our second amendment says you can have guns, but like, I can, like, you don't need it. Like, well, that was also like, written. Uh, that yeah. was also written like 200 some years ago. So yeah, when they didn't have like readily available meat and like food that you can just get at the store, you don't have to like hunt for your food anymore. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know how much I want like, obviously like they, they wrote like a constitution that like is pretty ironclad in a lot of ways and like pretty, pretty incredible like document and, and is a pretty good basis for a government. But like, I'm not going to take a hundred percent of everything from an era where like, if you had like diarrhea, you could die. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I would, I don't where everybody, that. where, where everybody was afraid of getting diarrhea because you yes. could, you could die within like th- the most minute. common death was I have diarrhea and it won't. Stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. So, you know, it's not relegated to like one area of the world now that, you know, we unfortunately, the U S is just bombing into oblivion, but, uh, Yemen, I think is the case. I think that I found out that like, that was the leading cause of death there uh, oh, okay. these days, which is like super depressing, it's but a bummer. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Um, is that's one of those things where it's like, if you look too far into it, you'll be yet again convinced of just how terrible the United States can be. Yes. Uh, and it's happening uh, right now. So anyway, uh, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, you know, we're talking about like people who were like, if you were transported to 1776 and you showed like George Washington an iPhone, he he would scream in terror and like uh, knock himself out running into a tree and like be dead. Like, like you don't like they wouldn't be able to comprehend it. So like, how could right. they possibly write something that would exist the same way? Like, I wouldn't expect something now to be relevant 250 years from now. Like, yes, they're going to look back on us as being like these like antiquated morons right. who were like so unsophisticated and like, un- like completely couldn't conceive the bounty of, you know, the future. You know what I mean? It's it's like so stupid to think that yeah. like they would have had it all figured out, man. And I mean, yeah, when and when George Washington knocked himself out, he have to get his uh, dentures that were made from slaves teeth. Uh, replaced oh, with more yes. with more slaves' right. teeth, uh, because our founding fathers weren't perfect people. They were almost all pretty terrible. Uh, so, yeah, basically they were a bunch of rich people who just didn't like paying taxes. Yes, and so owned, when you really boil it down, and, and they, they got owned a, bunch, a of, bunch of humans, and some of yeah, them raped yeah. humans, and uh, yeah, so maybe we don't have to like. It, it wasn't set in stone. Maybe we can change things a little bit, but, uh, but you're right though. There was, there was always a boogeyman, like, cause Columbine was, you know, that was kind of the first, not the first, but that was like, that, that was, uh, that kind of carried 
the mantle, unfortunately, for a generation of people with uh, school shootings. And it just got worse and has continued to get worse since then. Uh, but yeah, there was always something. It was I the uh, getting the uh, the mature uh, on video games uh, that like Congress, mm. like a bunch of parents pushed on that. They did it with music, uh, violent TV shows. Like that was always like the reason that was thrown mm-hmm. out was like all what what teenagers are consuming. And uh, weirdly enough, teenagers have been through some shit. Like all teenagers go through stuff. You had an entire generation who like lived through Vietnam who didn't start shooting up schools. It's weird that like once it became easier to get guns, it started happening. Um, mm, so yes. there yeah. can't be a correlation there, I guess. No, yeah, we we really shouldn't look any deeper into that. No, so we'll just <laughs> we'll just pass over that. Yes, but you're right. I mean, I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it, it because it's common sense. It's like yeah. it's not even like it's like shouldn't even be a debate. But I hope there's like know. several listeners who are just like really conservative and love their guns. And they're just like, I love these guys. But when they start talking politics, oh, I turn it off. And I made oh, it an hour and 15 minutes into the Matrix and I turned it off. Or like, or like they, they didn't expect to be listening. They're like, oh, fuck yeah, the Matrix, let's go. And it turns <laughs> into like a fucking gun control debate. <laughs> like, like for the Matrix, <laughs> which is like. Some of the most like gun happy stuff you'll ever see. Yep. <laughs> Go, I need guns, lots of them. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you actually has a very interesting uh, Mount Rushmore here that I wanted to ask you about. You have a yes. Mount Rushmore of like the most influential films of the past twenty five years, and you include The Matrix on it, yeah. The Dark Knight, and you include Lord of the Rings. Um, yes. All three, I'm I'm completely on board with, but I'm curious. You have no country for old men in there as your one of one of your four, and yes. I want to get your thoughts on that. Okay, so like, I definitely miss some movies. I'm sure. Like, I'm I'm I just kind of put this together. I put that on there because I thought that like we picked the '90s one because we grew up with it and we have all these personal, deeply personal connections to all these movies. And I think people like hearing our stories with like how we came to be introduced to this movie. Um, but the nineties also had this, uh, and we talked about it a little bit earlier in this podcast, incidentally, uh, when you look at, you know, the best picture winners, you look at like crazy stacked years, like 1994, when you had, um, um, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank, uh, Forrest Gump, uh, quiz show. Like there was a few others that were great that year. Uh, but you, what you started happening in the early 2000s is it it changed. Like, I think The Matrix actually impacted it. Uh, these, like, big-budget blockbuster-type movies started getting kind of greenlit more frequently, trying to, like, tap in what's going to be the next Matrix. And I think uh, the, uh, the studio drama, like, kind of went by the wayside. And so I think there mm-hmm. was a, a quality drop for a lot of years. And all of a sudden in, I think it was 2007. Yeah, 2007, I think when it came out, it was just this movie that I think has lived on and just has aged so beautifully. But I think it brought us back into like the previous decade. And I think it did a lot of great stuff. It kicked off several big careers um, with Javier Bardem. Um, it, Tommy Lee Jones got to have, you know, like this 
mm-hmm. maybe not a final great role, but another great like role. The Coen brothers, you know, a decade and a half, two decades in the making, finally are crowned, you know, best director with best, best picture. Um, and so I just thought it was like a pretty, I was trying to think of something that wasn't a big action thing, a big budget thing that would just, you know, be mm-hmm. larger than life, have multiple sequels. And I was like, oh, I always, I still like think about No Country for Old Men way more often than I should. And it's mm-hmm. just such a beautiful, wonderful movie. And so I think it that it it doesn't fit in that decade. It doesn't fit really in the last like two decades because- I Like mean, most Coen Brother movies. Right. They exist in their own universe. They do. And like No Country for Old Men specifically exists in like, that movie- could have been put in like the seventies, like the the golden age, mm. that like the renaissance of of uh, of Hollywood, uh, and I would have been like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like if you just like swap out some of the actors, but the performances are just as good. And like yeah, this is like a classic, um, okay. and so it's just like this weird thing that doesn't really fit for anything that's happened. Probably almost since then, I'm sure there's a couple of movies I'm just forgetting that are just so phenomenally good. Um, but this movie, I feel like it's the best movie since since the late '90s, um, and so that's why I thought that was that was kind of my uh, influential Mount Rushmore because I think that okay. movie uh, people started trying to capture that you know those good dramas again, um, and so I think from a dramatic standpoint, it was pretty influential. That is a good. That's a great point, and. I will say it definitely feel I, I've always thought this is that I've thought the early 2000s are like a graveyard of yeah, filmmaking. I are. mean, it's, it's grim. It's, it is a, and, and no country is what 2007, I believe. Yeah. So that, that certainly tracks and like you're, uh, you threw out the dark night too, where in that, and that was 2008. I believe so in the in that kind of two-year period it does there is that shift because like from the year 2000 to about 2007 it, it's tough it's like you basically had like the lord of the rings and then and right. then it was like what else like it, it was a very weird decade of trying to figure out like what people were trying to say and do um technology cgi was like pretty new and like we were going hog wild on that like the storytelling was just right. maybe not there. Uh, so I actually, I agree with you. I think that's an interesting choice. Listen if to I were to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, okay. Wait, uh, before you go into that, the only thing I would swap it out with potentially, cause I was thinking about this maybe is the Blair witch project. That's the only, Oh, that's an interesting one. I think, I think the Blair witch project has informed horror for the last 21 years. In terms of like what you can do with like cheap horror where cheap horror before that was like, oh, well, just make some shitty piece of garbage and we'll Mm -hmm. sell it. Whatever. This is like we will make cheap horror and it will be art and it will be like treated with and it'll be like taken seriously. Oh, yeah. Um, So I've I've always thought like Blair Witch is kind of in that realm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. I like that. But I agree with your other three for sure. Okay, so Gladiator won 2001. That was like a pretty good movie. Beautiful yeah. Mind. You know, was, I like Gladiator. I like it, but I've never felt a way about it. Some people do where it's like, this is the best people, fucking movie. The best I'm like, it's good. I, I don't get that. It's good. Yeah, but it's fine. 2002 was A Beautiful Mind, which is like a good movie. But like, it's Chicago was 2003, which is like 
again, a good movie. 2004, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, which is, we talked about the Lord of the Rings movies. Million Dollar Baby was 2005. I don't like that movie. Crash was 2006. I hate Crash. It's so bad. Um, (laughs) The Departed is 2007. Good. We've talked about it, though, with Scorsese. Like, definitely not one of his, like, best. Then No Country Wins in 2008. Slumdog 2009, which is, like, a, a good movie. I've never, you know, rewatched it. Hurt Locker. I do like Jai Ho. I do like that. I do like Jai Ho. Hurt Locker's 2010, which is, you know, again, a, a pretty good movie. King's Speech 2011, again, a pretty good movie. The Artist is 2012. Argo, 12 Years a Slave, Birdman, Spotlight, Moonlight, Shape of Water, Green Book, and then Parasite. That's a pretty rough stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Of best picture winners for like 20 some years. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty tough. Yeah. There's a couple that like stand out. And in, even though we just offended, like, even though I just offended several filmmakers, I'm sure. Uh, like granted, those best picture movies that were like, that's rough. It's better than anything I could ever like conceive of making. Oh, so I mean, like, totally. great work. Yeah. Your movie is still like amazing. I'm just a, a loser who has a podcast, but like, comparatively to like some of these nineties, like classic seventies classics. It's like definitely a little bit of a downgrade uh, with some of these, like I've watched almost all of those movies. I think I actually have seen all of those movies. Um, and it's just and like a lot of strange. them I like, it's not even that I don't like them. It's just right. that like, when you're talking what about the best I... picture that came out, like, yeah. Oh my God. What am I seeing here? What, what, what is it? What does it say that I only find most of those best pictures to just be okay? And even like the nominees where I'm not, I I think some of the issues that like, again, I think not a lot of filmmakers are getting like as many opportunities and that has really shrunk in the last 10 to 15 years Yeah, to where it's harder and harder to get a movie made especially one that isn't like a guaranteed success right off the rip. Um, And maybe that's part of it. And, and also I think like a lot of filmmaking falls into certain like traps and tropes of like, you know, telling like, like Nomadland um, I thought was fine. Totally. But I, I was like, okay, um, it's telling a decent enough story but is am I just watching like misery for misery's sake? Like yeah. melodrama kind of, you know, um and without you're really talking about saying best picture. Too, like that is like yeah. the crowning award. Like this was not the best movie that came out. Like Green I think the two that are like the like super egregious are Crash and Green Book. Both of those yeah. are just like Yeah. Like that's insanity. Well, that's you're talking I mean those are term those are two where the term Oscar bait yes is is made for yes um and i you know there's probably fifty reasons why we're not seeing and the nineties had the same kind of problem too sometimes where it's like mm-hmm. you look at what won the best picture and you're like this is not it, but in the in the decade that we're devoting our lives to here um i mean there's so there are so many. You, you go to any decade and you pick your top 10 from any decade. They're all so different in terms of the types of movies that they are. And you can't say the same right now, I would say, for, for like at least the last like five to 10 years where it's like, 
your top 10 it's going to be it's going to be sequels it's going to be superhero stuff it's going to be comfortable stuff that you're that you are familiar with whereas Absolutely. in the 90s it was like holy shit i saw this crazy movie called the mummy it was amazing in 1999 your top 5 could be like the matrix the mummy the blair witch project um it could have been american pie it could have been varsity blues it could yes. have been 10 things i hate about you like it just goes on and on and that's the environment in which the matrix was able to get made and right. so that's why it's you know what i mean it's it's just it, it it's an era it was an era that as of right now has come and gone and i don't know when it will come back this stuff typically does i mean you know it's all cyclical but um it doesn't feel like we're there right now that's for sure so i just got to enjoy what you have and like we're getting a matrix 4 it's like great what more of that story do I really want to see? Right. Maybe more like orgies in Zion. Like I'm, if that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves are both still quite fine. So I'm into both of them. And if it's 35 straight minutes of just like a sweaty freak fest in the center of the earth and we're watching them go at it, that's fine. I could, I, I could get on board with that. I know Morpheus isn't in it. So I mean, Let's go. That's that's fine. Yeah, give so, it to me. Uh, anyway, um, The Matrix. Do you have anything else you want to say about this movie? I know we kind I, of, uh, we glossed over some plot. We talked about the action that we love so much, but um, I think people get the gist. Yeah, it's awesome. Like They win in the end. Yeah. Re, if you haven't, okay, if you're like one of our- Dude, how amazing super, would it be? How amazing would it be to not have ever seen The Matrix? That'd be awesome. And seeing it for the first time now. Like, oh my God. That this is the, I will say this. This is one of those movies where I can't wait to show it to my kids when they're old enough to like understand what's going on. Yeah, this is probably one of my top 10 movies to show to my, my sons when they're old enough. It's like Jurassic Park, Star Wars, some of the Marvel movies, Dark Knight. The Mummy. The Mummy. This... And American Pie, <laughs> and like again, and like Cannibal Holocaust. But yeah, like, you know. um, but yeah, no. So if you haven't seen this movie, like, get the best copy you can. Watch it on the best TV you can. Make some snacks. You're gonna experience something incredible for the first time, um, and it's going to be some really great special effects, some awesome action. Uh, you probably already know Keanu Reeves from his kickassery in uh, the John Wick series, um, if you're a younger listener. Um, but watch it and then rewatch it. It's on HBO Max right now. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. so good. It's still so good. Uh, yes, and uh, it made four hundred and sixty three million dollars. This first movie, nice. so on a sixty three million dollar budget, uh, it made a cool 400 million dollars uh which of course spawned now three sequels uh, which is incredible also um just to close it up because this is wet hot keanu summer um this is what brought keanu back the matrix was was the thing that made keanu the guy that we all have loved for like the last 20 some years so because uh, at this point you know seems crazy to think about now at this point in his career people were wondering if like he was like washed up and like essentially done for um right we 
you know, he hadn't really found anything that could match like what Speed did. Uh, and he was doing some kind of dramas and then made a movie called Chain Reaction that we talked about that was like pretty <laughs> terrible. And uh, so he was just kind of, you know, meandering around Hollywood until this uh, came out. And apparently he like also like had to have some like huge back surgery before this. Oh, wow. Movie started filming to where like they said like, if he wasn't careful, he'd like become a quadriplegic and he still like went and did this movie with like extreme back surgery uh, happening. And then like Carrie Ann Moss like broke her leg, I think, and like busted her foot. And oh it just, God. it was, I mean, just grueling stuff. And, um, you know, but they all, they all brought it. I mean, it's, it, I mean, almost at no point do I ever feel like I'm like, watch, I'm like watching like anybody either half acid or like, any stunt doubles and stuff like that. Like it's it, it, the choreography and the way that everything's shot. It's just so visceral and um, groundbreaking. And just like, it's one of those ones where it's like blink and you'll miss something incredible yeah. types of uh, action choreography. So it's, um, it's one of the best. What more can I say? So it's uh, uh, yeah, I think I guess that, that's, a, that's a pretty good way to wrap it up. So um that is the matrix 1999 is the matrix the possibly the best year of filmmaking ever and uh wet hot keanu summer i believe we're gonna wrap up with point break yes sir um so we got one more left on that front and uh we will be back with that at uh a later date who knows what the schedule might might have in store for us uh as our spectacular lurks on the horizon uh as we make our way towards fall here so yeah, if you haven't seen The Matrix, for the love of Christ, uh, please go watch it. And, Do it uh, now. And, and honestly, if you've never seen it, please hit us up on social at Revenge of 90s Pod and tell us what your thoughts were as somebody seeing it for the first time in 2021. I must know. All right, that's it. See you guys later. Bye. Dodge this. Come on!